welcome to another episode of the Memphis Mid-South Mississippi Pink Podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Young, and my lovely co-host, Miss Molly May, author of My Crowning Achievement. Hey, Miss Catherine, how are you? I'm doing great, Molly, and how are you? I'm well, thank you. Uh, well, this October is um, Pink Month. It's my favorite time of year. Absolutely favorite. It's spooky. Is it the color? Oh, yes. I mean, it's spooky season, so I get to be spooky all the time and orange and black, and I have red hair. It's kind of orange, and I wear a lot of black, and then it's also pink for breast cancer. It's just, it's a good time of year. It is. It is. So, as we know, um, many of you know, October is National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and we place a lot of emphasis on um, the color pink, pink ribbons of all kind, design. Um, but for us, this disease is not specific to the month, but one that should be talked about every month in my opinion Mm -hmm. even daily so um today as part of our efforts to raise awareness about breast cancer we have our special guest with us today um miss donna ladd who is celebrating her first year as a breast cancer survivor now i'll tell you a little bit about donna she's very uh interesting to me i met (laughs) her through a a mutual friend friend of ours so um she is a mississippi native um she is an editor-in-chief and co-founder of the jackson free Press, where she publishes award-winning long-form narratives and opinion pieces, usually at the intersection of gender, race, crime, policing, and youth. She also founded the Mississippi Youth Media Project. She also writes long-form features on race and crime for The Guardian. She has had fellowships and grants throughout the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, the John J. College of Criminal Justice, and the Solutions Journalism Network and the Packard Foundation. Her journalism has helped put um, Ku Klux Klan members in prison and a mayor on trial. She's a very interesting lady. Um, She is writing a book on racism and whiteness in Mississippi and beyond. Now, you can read more um, about Donna and her um, journey at DonnaLad.com. But help me welcome to our Pink Podcast, uh, Donna Ladd. Hey there. I'm so happy to be here. Well, thank you so much. Um, We're so excited to have you and to just share and hear about um, your journey with our listeners today. So our Pink Podcast, um, we just talk about um, different topics and various um, things about breast cancer uh, Pacific. Um, So we just want to hear about what you have going on or what your journey was like for you as you maneuvered through. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, y'all were talking about October. Uh, October's like my month because it's my birthday month. Oh, I'm a huge birthday. football fan, uh, at least most Sundays. And uh, <laughs> and and I love fall and I love Halloween. And that's when I had my double mastectomy last October. And so I've just celebrated uh, a year um, uh, on October 10th. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you, thank you. So it's and it and that was the day after my birthday <laughs> that oh. I had the surgery. So it was kind of this crazy stuff going on all at once. And uh, but you know, I feel great. I, things are going well so far. So good deal. Um, I can only imagine what that would be like when it just blows my mind and how much you would have to take and especially some women don't look at October as this beautiful time of year I know when my mother was going through her battle with breast cancer she didn't want pink anywhere in our home Um, and then there's this whole there's it's not a relatively new term of pink washing things and a lot of women don't want anything to do with pink but I um, and I'm more power to those women there's absolutely nothing wrong with that whatsoever I absolutely 
and totally understand where they're coming from. Um, but bless you and your heart for going through all of that at one time, especially when you're supposed to be celebrating life. Like you're, you're, you're one <laughs> right. year older at the same time. And right. um, I also think it's kind of beautiful that you're celebrating this birthday of like, I've been here for one whole year. Right. And also mm-hmm. I'm going to have a double mastectomy and save my own life again the very next day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. It's funny because uh, first of all, about pink, uh, I, I tend to wear a lot of black as you can see, but uh, I, I've always been a hot pink fan, yeah. so I have a lot of my offices got a lot of pink and other bright colors. So pink is kind of a thing for me, um, all the way back to my childhood. So I'm I'm cool with the pink. Cool. Um, then as far as uh, yeah, well, it's funny. Like when all this happened last year, I f- I found out about it in a, a, a routine, you know, a mammogram in September. Um, and then you know it just kind of unfolded from there. At first, they thought I was going to be uh, getting a lumpectomy and maybe some radi- radiation, but then kind of other things started showing up. Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of made the decision um, that if I was going to have one breast removed, I'd have both breasts removed, mm-hmm. right? And so then, um, and just kind of start over. And and then I wanted to do it very quickly because I wanted whatever that was out of my body as soon as possible. Uh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And the only time, in fact, that I, I kind of got stressed during the whole medical process um, was when they kind of tried to delay my surgery at one point. And I was just, you know, I was in tears. I'm like, no, I can't, I can't wait any longer. And fortunately they were able to kind of turn it around. So, you know, but, but the thing that I did that I still look back on as, um, real key to me, um, was how I revealed it, you know, because I'm, I'm really in the public eye because I'm a newspaper editor Mm -hmm. and the things that I do, um, and sometimes for better, for worse. And, uh, so I decided, and I knew that it was going to get out. And so when I first, when it, when I was first diagnosed, we kind of kept it quiet because I hear that from a lot of women. At first, they don't want to tell people, mm-hmm. and I think some of that's processing it all and Agreed. processing even, I don't know, just being ready for it, not wanting to hear horror stories, that kind of thing, right? And so what I decided to do was, um, I was thinking about it. I had the schedule, the surgery scheduled. And in fact, I have a column out right now in the Jackson Free Press that's about this last year and what I learned. And and what I did was the day before the mastectomy, I was sitting home on my porch, my cats, and I just decided to write about it. And so, and I wrote a, uh, a piece about it, put it out on the Jackson Free Press. Um, and in the piece, I talked about it very honestly, but I also kind of laid down my ground rules. I like that. You know, and I said, you know, I don't want to only talk about cancer. I don't want to be defined by cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want horror stories. Like I don't want, and I don't actually want unsolicited advice. Mm-hmm. If you, especially if you haven't been through it yourself, <laughs> you, know, you got me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I don't want to hear the horror stories. If you have advice to give me or whatever, then offer that to me. And then I, you know, that kind of thing. And it turned out to be like the very best way to launch this whole thing. Um, because the next morning I was kind of lying there and, you know, getting sleepy as they were giving me the, the, the medicine and st- such. And I was just reading those messages one after another, mm. you know, of what people were saying. And even people said to me, well, you kind of freed us up to not be uh, sad and devastated by, by it. You know, that's you true. kind of, it, it was like uplifting. And so, and that's kind of the way that I've tried to live the whole year mm-hmm. and tried to function. With strength. Right. And so, and with strength, but also mindfulness, really being present um, and not, uh, you know, not fix, 
not fixating on the negative mm-hmm. any more than possible, you know? And so I think, and then the support did line up, and especially from from survivors. And that was great because as I, I prefer thrivers, but, mm-hmm. uh, but who could share with me um, real advice, like real advice, you know, not just, oh, this happened to my sister-in-law and, mm-hmm. you know. And so, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I was very fortunate because it was caught early. Um, so I didn't, I ended up not having to have chemo or, or radiation. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So that was really key for me, I think. And then, um, you know, I still had a double mastectomy. Yes, so <laughs> y'all got me. It's still a, it's still quite the thing. Uh, and then I had reconstruction and, uh, so it, it, you know, in that sense, it was good, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I take a I take a drug that makes my hips hurt, but other than that, oh. yeah, <laughs> that's kind of my one bad side effect, I think. Uh, but yeah, so it's really been, it's been a really uplifting year. That's wonderful. Yeah, that it really wonderful. has. I um I I love talking and asking people because I um something that I don't talk about a lot, and then I'm just now even five years later after all of my surgeries and, and diagnosis and everything, and now getting comfortable with talking about is um I also tried to be like the most positive, uplifting person as I was going mm-hmm. through it because I all, almost felt like I I had to because mm-hmm. I was 19 when I was doing all of this, and so I kind of turned into like this Mississippi poster child for. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. breast cancer and if this 19 year old can do it so can you and she's yeah, yeah, so yeah. positive and she's doing it with a smile on her face and on top of all of that I was competing in Miss Mississippi so I had to be this you know beautiful person you yeah, know, beautiful yeah, yeah. quotes in right. doing it and um it was wonderful it really genuinely helped me see all the positive but at mm-hmm. the same time it kind of pushed down all of the hard that mm-hmm. there was and I didn't address that hard and some days I still cry like some days yeah. I still really haven't haven't worked through very small yeah, bits and pieces yeah, yeah, yeah. about it and um had have you had any anything like that yes i mean there are certainly moments i mean i was already kind of into this idea of staying as zen as possible staying as present so i think all of that helped me kind of going into it there were certainly times um and 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 i think the hardest times were kind of a very small percentage but encountering people who uh, who kind of held it against you in a weird way. I don't know if that mm-hmm. happened to you, but kind of in what I do, there are a lot of expectations on uh, me being present um, for other people. And, and um, so I had one kind of, you know, primary case of being of resentfulness because I was out and not as available. Um, but that was such a small percentage mm-hmm. um, that it... Uh, you know, I was able to kind of psychologically kind of move past that. But it it's weird, though, because I, I, for me, it was more, I think the hardest thing was just telling myself that it's okay uh, to take my time, mm-hmm. right? It was more, more about that for me. I mean, so far, it hasn't been psychologically um, really hard on me. I mean, I just, it, maybe that's still ahead. It's yeah. Blessing, yeah. 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 And, um, but I, it was like, let people help you, Good. you know, ask for help. Um, you know, and I put this in my column this week, um, uh, honor your needs first, which we really should always do, but particularly in a case like this mm-hmm. where, you know, I can, you know, I, I, and I've, I had already worked through this being, 
one of these women who tries to solve all problems. Mm -hmm. You know, I was already kind of a little past that, (laughs) you know, (laughs) saying I really can't solve everybody's problems for them, even if they're going to be mad at me about that Mm -hmm. and whatever. Whatever. Because I just, you know, you're going to have to get some therapy or whatever, you know, (laughs) right? And so I'd already kind of dealt with that, you know, psychologically. But then going into this, it was... um, I have to just do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I can't. And, and, you know, look, I was editing and helping my staff within a week mm-hmm. um, from home, you know, dealing with them, assigning stories. I was on group me. Um, so it wasn't like I deserted my team, even though I certainly should have been able to if I needed to. But I actually needed to do the work, too. That My mom was the same way. She wanted to continue. Exactly. So I needed to do the work. I wanted to do the work. It was a real, you know, it's a really crazy time in the country with a lot of things going on. So I wanted to be engaged in something beyond me. So I wasn't just thinking about myself. At the same time that I had to think about myself. Mm -hmm. And I had to say, you get, you're going to get tired. You're going to, it's okay you don't have to be everything to everybody to all the time. You just don't. Yeah. And and it was almost like a continuation of a lesson that I was already um, learning and trying to put into practice. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think one of the things that women, not to veer too much into this, but one of the things there's even research about women leaders mm-hmm. who there are these like. Um, double expectations of women leaders being these nurturers all the time and mm-hmm. helping everybody solve their problems in, in ways that they don't expect men to be. Agreed. Right? And I it's do. just absolutely true. And I think a lot of, if we're trying to change this, a lot of us, but a lot of younger women will encounter that more as they get older um, because it's it's just these expectations, you know? And so, you know, I, I'm already kind of, I was already pushing back on that. But I think in a weird way this year gave me this opportunity to really set some boundaries Mm -hmm. about some of those things. You know, I can't, I can't do everything for you if I'm having to, you know, take care of myself and, and and I don't have children and this is an issue for me because Mm -hmm. of the, the work that I do and such. And so I have to take care of myself before I can do a whole lot for you. Yeah, you put your oxygen mm-hmm. mask on before assisting That's others. exactly right. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned the airplanes in my column this week. And so so it was a whole part of that. And what's funny is that I've kind of emerged from the whole thing feeling uh, more kind of focused and energetic and almost reinvigorated than I really have in years and and we're working on a kind of a new project that I'm working on with women that I know that we're going to be probably launching in 2020 and just some really exciting things that I'm going to be honest with y'all I don't know if would have happened if this hadn't happened to me mm-hmm. and so uh cuz I had that opportunity to think and to really examine my own priorities and what really matters to me you know mm-hmm. and uh and 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 a big one that came out of this, this was already true, but it really uh, crystallized it for me, is, is to, to do what I can to bring women in Mississippi together hmm. across generations, across race and ethnicity. It's things that I'd always tried to do, but it's one of the things I'd allow myself to do is get together with more women 
during this time just for lunch or they'd come to my house or whatever, and we would talk about these things, uh, how alone women in Mississippi can be sometimes Mm -hmm. for various and assorted reasons. And so I think I came out of this really inspired to uh, do do my part in that. And so I'm excited. It's beautiful. It is. Is that I always is that your um, what I call the after, right? Like I huh. am a completely different person than I was. Obviously, you grow from nineteen yeah, yeah. to twenty five, but yeah, but still, there's a before and after. Oh yeah, diagnosis, and so I'm guessing that's what you would consider your after. Well, it's funny, and I'm going to use that uh, my after. But I said in my column that you know I wrote that that my recent column. I said a year ago I wrote that piece. And then, you know, had the surgery and all these, you know, moved forward. But my life started over when I woke up the next day. Yes, ma'am. And I really feel that. And it it started over in what I consider a very good way. Mm-hmm. And And some of that is that, you know, your life becomes more precious. And as we all know that, that just has to be true, right? And, and fragile. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... My decision in all this was I'm just not going to, um, you know, deal with BS that I don't want to deal with. Or Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get caught up in dramas. I already felt that way, but I was just came out of this like life is just too short. I remember (laughs) thinking I don't, I think it's when I fully started to grasp, I don't have to. Whatever right. the no. circumstances, I can say no. Literally, whatever it is, right. I don't have to. Right. Yeah, it may upset some people. Yeah, it may cause like <laughs> right. this cause and effect afterwards. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. I do have a choice. And I have a choice. This yep. huge liberating thing where I was like, mm-hmm. wow, I, I don't have to be a prim and proper Southern Belle every day. I don't have to say yes. I don't have to be a people pleaser. I don't nope. have to smile all of the time. Nope. Nope. And that was one of that was one of the most beautiful things, especially like going through Miss Mississippi with after reconstruction, after all of this, if I got too nervous, if I was too anxious, I can leave here. I'm not bound to the right, right, right now. Right. Even something small like that. So I can I, do I, I can do anything I want. Mm-hmm. I can say no. I can maybe most importantly, I can just not respond to something. I can go. I right. can get up and leave That's whenever right. I want to. Wherever right. I am in whatever right. situation. Am I not comfortable? Do I not want to be here anymore? I can go. <laughs> right. No, I know. It's very freeing. And and I think that some of that happens to women as we get older anyway. So this mm-hmm. is the good news for you. You'll have this whole other level of it happen. Oh, we love right. That. So that was I was already in that. I was kind of, that's what I mean. I was in that process of making those decisions that I just I don't have to solve every problem. Um, that I can do what I can, but people really do have to recognize their own stuff Mm -hmm. or they have to, you know. And But when this happened, I'm like, there are just so many incredible people who are are doing amazing things, who want help, who want, uh, who want inspiration, who want connections, you know, uh, that you and, and women particularly i mean my focus is women mm-hmm. i mean i'm not shutting men out by any by any means in that and some there've been just some amazing men who've who've helped me through this including my partner but um but i can i just unabashedly say what i feel like needs to be said um for women you know and for the culture mm-hmm. that we deal with all these things whether it's the culture of 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 beauty and what you know 
even some of the things I think you're talking about, you know, um, and, or having to act a certain way at a certain time for older women, uh, you know, you know, women such as myself, you know, I'm just turned 58. It's like, I, I don't have to kind of, uh, retire into being a nurturer. I just all. don't, mm -hmm. you know, I, I will nurture in those ways that I can, but I get to choose. Mm -hmm. And that, and so this just magnified it all. And it said, just, you know, step into that completely. And I mean, I'm just, and there were tough moments. I mean, you ask, I mean, I had, I had some just crap happen this year. I mean, I had, you know, um, a young woman that I really trusted, that I was trying to help, who was working for me, you know, stole credit cards mm. of other women in the office and and uh, and perhaps a bunch of checks that came up missing and, and you know, had some uh, ju just stuff like that. We lost one of my cats, you know. I mean, just oh. things, but, you know. Uh, there were there were things that like like that instance of that theft was just kind of a that's kind of what I mean. It was kind of a personal affront. Absolutely. You know, in the sense of how how dare you, you know, you do think that it's like, but but I also know that it's someone who needs help. But I can't be the person necessarily to do that. To do it, mm -hmm. I can't then come back and say. I mean, and she wrote me and apologized, and I said, well, thank you, but you hurt a lot of people here, mm -hmm. and so I can't go back there at this stage and and say like a lot of women you know what i mean like okay i'm just going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again mm -hmm. i'm just not and then I as a person of the affected right like there i can forgive you without reconnecting with that's you that's right. right which is that's a lot right. of women also don't understand that's right right they don't understand that i can you can apologize and i can accept your apology and then i can move on with my life you don't i you're not entitled to now come back into it well women need to a lot of women need to figure that out about bad men yeah you know <laughs> no i'm serious it's like and i had a you know we're veering off here but i had a uh, you know, in a relationship years ago that, you know, uh, you know, cheater and all these things. And he was one of those charmers. Mm -hmm. And it was finally at that point of saying, no, I'm, I'm not, mm -hmm. that's not going to work. And I would call his friends now from a distance, mm -hmm. you know, forgive forgave him. He came to my mother's funeral, was helpful, but no, you're not coming back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? You are welcome. You know, I'm not going to do that's a little what I was saying. It's mm -hmm. like I can because there are other people like my current partner and uh, or other uh, young women or young men who want to be helped who aren't going to to treat the others around them that way. Agreed. And I hope this is a lesson for you so that you can move forward mm -hmm. and you or others like who did other things like that and treat other people around you better and learn from it. Like I try to learn from every single thing that ever happens, even if it's not something of kind of my own making. Mm -hmm. I mean, how could I have handled that better or whatever, but without beating myself up, just yeah. learn the lesson, right? And that's kind of the way I, I think I approach all of this. It's, I don't beat myself up. You know, I quit drinking, immediate, drinking alcohol immediately mm -hmm. on the diagnosis. I already knew that alcohol, you know, there was a, mm -hmm. You know, I'm not giving medical advice, but, you know, there's advice out there that says that alcohol, you know, isn't a good thing for your breast, mm -hmm. right? And Or various other or things. Or various other right? parts of and your body. So, and so, but it was, this is what I tell people. It's like, I immediately quit drinking. I stopped most sugar, you know, 95%, all of those things. 
because I don't want to get it again. Yes. Like I want to keep living and doing all these other things. At the same time, I am not one to beat myself up Mm-mm. about what happened before. I'd already learned that lesson. And I really feel that way now. And you also shouldn't beat yourself, beat yourself up now um, if you were to, I don't know, eat a Krispy Kreme donut. I know, exactly. That's Well, I had a, a little today. sliver of my birthday cake, you know. Oh. So, but, but that's okay. And, 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 you know, so I replaced them with my, I, I think Catherine knows this, my, I do, I, I do these crazy smoothies that I put on Instagram called Yum. hashtag DL smoothies, hashtag DL smoothies. Not getting any benefit out of that, just other than the fun. Uh, but, you know, and they have all these ingredients in there that I have studied and researched, I'm a researcher, that might help it help keep it from coming back. I love that. And it's fun. And now I'm doing mocktails. Fun, <laughs> yes. And then I do pops, you know, with the leftover smoothies. And now I'm thinking warm drinks for the winter. I mean, you know, mm. uh, but that's what, it's it's fun, right? Mm. But it's also, okay, I'm not going to beat myself up for anything I did before I got right. cancer. Mm-hmm. Because that's defeatist, right? I'm, I'm, but I'm going to do, do different things now that I really enjoy, um, and have fun with that, uh, and and because I know that, you know, I already know that a bad attitude, you know, or are depressed or whatever the case might be, I'm, and I'm not criticizing that. I, I actually I don't want to say that wrong, but I mean, kind of blaming ourselves, being you know. Um, isn't going to help us heal. So I think that the the uh, the goal, of course, we're going to allow ourselves those down times. We're going to do what we need to do about them, Absolutely. right? But the goal is, what can I do? And to me, it always comes back to, and it has for a long time, if I can just not fixate on myself too much. Too much. And if I can do work that uh, that is reaching other people, and what I didn't see coming with the smoothies are how many people are like doing the smoothies now and are, are asking about various things or saying, I'm getting these messages about, you know, your, your, and I've lost weight because of all this. So I'll put some selfies out. I always thought hey. selfies were dumb, but, but you know, I put selfies out. I'm okay. proud of the fact that I lost weight, but I'm also want to say to other people, you know, what is it? Michelle I mean, Obama a, that says. That was the point. You know? Yeah. What is Michelle Obama says? You don't have to have Sunday dinner every day. True. You know, it's like you and, uh, you know, that that there's something else. And so. What is your yeah, favorite movie fun. that you've made so far? Oh, wow. There was one. And I, they really do have a lot of ingredients in them. Um, I, I hide broccoli and spinach and all kinds of things. So you really do need something like a Vitamix to pull this off. But um uh, I did one that was kind of a, uh, it was a tropical, I forget what, I call them crazy names too. I'm not going to remember all the How names. fun though. But uh, there was one that was really tropical, like with, uh, you know, kind of pina colada, it's spicy pina colada. They're all spicy because I put cayenne in them and pepper okay. and all these things, uh, turmeric and all that because of, you know, the things I want to put mm-hmm. in them. But there was one that was just this crazy beachy thing, mm. you know, and uh, and just this just this wonderful smoothie. And uh, and for the most part, they're vegan. I, okay. I didn't give up dairy completely. Mm-hmm. I have a touch. It was hard to give up sugar in my coffee and milk in my coffee. But um, but you know, they're just they're fun and they're like kind of exotic because I've I put uh, sweet and spicy together and all these things. And so 
you can taste those things. So that one's a fun one. She's just a mixologist. Just a mix of everything. Well, you know, I used to be a bartender. <laughs> no, you did yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, known to the point of dancing on the bar in New York City. Oh, uh, yeah. I and I was, a, I was a club DJ for uh, 10 years. Your so. life is so fun. Yes. <laughs> I say I'm like a cat. I've had a few lives. A few of yeah. Them. yeah. <laughs> so as we're wrapping up um, this episode of the podcast, one of the things that I read in one of your blogs um, that is so prevalent to people that are um, that face breast cancer is the fact that you mentioned maneuvering through and figuring out um, all how you're going to pay all of these bills oh, and God. and how to maneuver the insurance companies mm-hmm. and, um, and you know for a lot of women this is a major issue and yeah. and of course in our state this is a major issue um, for women so as we close can you just tell us. Um, you know, as a small business owner, um, you know, and a person that um, advocate for yourself, um, what advice would you give to some of those women out there who are trying to maneuver the health insurance to get different things paid for, um, to be able to step cross medication through step therapy process and, and, you know, just a different, um, array of different things that come at you when, and when it comes to your insurance. Well, I think the thing that I've learned, and I, I haven't done this perfectly. I've still got some late bills that I'm still sorting through and such. And yeah, um, but here's what I've learned, and I and I I'm not an expert at the system, um, but you get uh, you get a lot of different bills, and they don't always match up, right? right? What I finally did to figure it out is I took time to do a spreadsheet, and so I put in the spreadsheet like a Google spreadsheet or something. I did, I put everything in the spreadsheet and I basically did, I'll try to put this at donnalad.com to kind of get in the next few days to give people an example. But I did a thing where it's like, a, when was the procedure in the columns? Uh, when was it, de- uh, when was it billed? When was, uh, you know, what was it for? What's the different doctor? So, th- and then that you can sort them and kind of get a sense because, I, you know, I hate to say this, they make mistakes purposefully or not sometimes in these things, not to say it's purposeful, but, and then I had some things that didn't make sense to me. Right. And I'm still working through this, but I went to, um, especially as it applies to your deductible and then your, um, and then you're out of pocket. Right. Right. Um, I went, then I just went to my, uh, one of, one of my large, uh, my, my plastic surgeon, which I had, more money that I owed for this year. So I went to them and I talked to their main business person. And to be honest with you, when I first called, I kind of got an accounting person who wasn't as helpful. Um, and then, so I, I got there and I talked to the business manager, or, uh, whatever her name is, and or whatever her title is, and just kind of got the lay of the land on it. And I asked a lot of dumb questions. Um, and so what I would say to women and men is ask the dumb questions. You know, and understand that those bills, um, they may be filing them at the same time. Um, and if you write the check on some of those bills, even though it should be applying towards something because they send you the bill, you may never get it back. Right. And so you need to really have this snapshot of it all and know exactly what applies to your deductible. Talk to my, my next step is actually to talk to the insurance company before I kind of uh, pay some of the things that I still owe, I'm just going to be honest with you, because 
because I want to be sure that I'm not kind of getting billed by several different places that kind of came in at once. Does that make sense? It does. And so you've got to ask the questions. I mean, that's what I would say. And it's hard because you're going through all this other stuff at the same time. You know, I get it. a lot of women just don't know what questions to ask. I know. I know. Well, and that's the thing. Make them explain it to you. And so this woman at the, at the, you know, who he, she actually really explained to me what was going on. And I think we kind of had a bond in that too. And so, you know, and I was telling her, well, as soon as I sort this out with the insurance company, then I'm planning to pay this, but I have to kind of confirm it, you know, own it yourself because you don't want to get ripped off. So today we've been listening to um, Donna Ladd, one-year breast cancer survivor and activist. Um, And we're so excited to hear how to maneuver through your insurance as well as to love yourself and be beautiful and not to be able to, um, you don't have to take on everything yourself, but you can also lean on others. And of course, you have been listening to the Memphis Mid-South Pink Podcast. Support for our podcast comes from the D.L. Dykes Jr. Foundation, producers of Faith and Reason dot org.